0: Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters.
1: And thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I am delighted to be having a conversation today with the the author of the newly released book, When Black Students Excel, How Schools Can Engage and Empower Black Students. Uh, Dr. Joseph F. Johnson, Jr., the uh, an executive coach and founding director of the National Center for Urban School Transformation is with us today. He's also the Emeritus Dean and um, Professor of the School of uh, College and Education at San Diego State University. I just kind of went all over in, in um, introducing you on that, but also want to say that I, if I did not say the founding director of the National Center for Urban School Transformation. So I know that's a mouthful. Wanted to uh, say it all, though, because I'm just so pleased to have you here and so impressed with what you've done and with what you do. So welcome, Dr. Johnson.
2: It's my pleasure to be here, and thank you for the kind introduction.
1: You are more than welcome. I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about your leadership journey, but I'll also share that I'm um, triply, I don't know if that's a word, excited to have you here <laughs> because Dr. Johnson is also my brother, my big brother, so I've got to see and experience this fabulous leadership up close and personal, so um, delighted to have you here um, as my brother as well. So uh, thanks for joining uh, me today.
2: My pleasure.
1: Yeah. So can we have you share with our little with our listening audience just a little bit about your leadership journey?
2: Sure. Um, I have played a variety of roles throughout my career. I was a teacher here in in Southeast San Diego uh, many years ago. And I have served as uh, a school administrator, as well as a district administrator. I um, was a State Department of Education official in two different states in uh, both Texas and Ohio. And for a while, I was at the US Department of Education as a senior executive service leader, uh, directing uh, the the government's uh, Title I program, which is the largest federal program uh, supporting uh, students from low-income families throughout the nation. As, as well, uh, I worked as a researcher at the University of Texas. And, and then um, this last part of my career, I have been at San Diego State University um, as a professor in the Department of Educational Leadership, as uh, the Dean of the College of Education And as you mentioned, uh, the founding executive director of the National Center for Urban School Transformation. And it is really in in that role um, that uh, I come to you today and sharing a little bit about what we have learned about outstanding schools.
1: Awesome. Awesome. before we kind of dive deep into some of the things that you've um, learned in your journey around um, schools that are um, are excellent in what they do with regards to educating students, would love to have you share with our listening audience who are nonprofit leaders throughout, many maybe parents and uh, different roles in their community. Why this topic of um, looking at when Black students excel, how schools can engage and how they can empower Black students. Why is this topic uh, important to people who may not even work in schools?
2: That's a great question. The topic is important because, in truth, this lies at the foundation of our democracy, you know, our, our schooling system should be the place where we ensure that the American dream is real, that all children, regardless of background, have the opportunity to succeed in life, uh, in 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 whatever ways they might have the courage to dream but the truth is that um, that american dream is on life support for for so many children in our nation who are not finding that opportunity to succeed and it should be of every citizen's concern This topic is important because we know that schools can make a powerful difference in creating that level of opportunity for all students, for all demographic groups of students. And all of us should join together in holding our public education systems accountable for generating strong results for all of the children in our nation
1: Mm, thank you i think that's um definitely a um an important and um, a real call, I think, for all of us in thinking about our role in helping to make this world better, fairer, and more humane. So I uh, appreciate that broad framing. And as we kind of look through your, um, your book with regards to When Black Students Excels, there are six schools that are featured around the country. How are these schools different from most other schools in the United States?
2: Great question. On almost every indicator of academic success, uh, whether that's state assessment results, national assessment results, college entrance exams, participation rates in advanced classes, graduation rates, on almost any indicator, Black students in our country perform at lower levels than almost every other racial ethnic group. For example, in California, last year, about 61% of white students performed at grade level or higher in English language arts, which 61%, we would argue, is not too impressive. However, Only 30% of black students were at grade level or higher in English language arts. So the chances of black students achieving grade level proficiency was about half the likelihood of white students but also last year in California, about 48% of white students performed a grade level or higher in mathematics. However, only 16% of black students performed at grade level or higher. Throughout the nation, black students are among the least likely to read with proficiency least likely to graduate, least likely to succeed in advanced mathematics or science courses, and the most likely to be suspended, the most likely to be expelled, the most likely to drop out of school. Now, those are the the national data. But in contrast, we have identified schools in this book where black students are achieving at remarkable levels. In fact, they perform at higher levels than the general population of students in their state. And they do so on multiple indicators. These are typical public schools that do not use selective admissions criteria, yet they are achieving very atypical results. So these schools, you might say, are the existence proofs. They are the proofs that it can be done. They are the proof that there is nothing inherently wrong with black students or black families such that we have to have these deplorable national results. They are the proof that in fact we can If we so choose, be a nation where all students achieve at remarkable levels and have opportunities to fully contribute to a rich and wonderful democratic life.
1: What a uh, important and just uh, magnificent finding to find that we have students that are um, excelling and uh, doing well, and I'm really uh, interested in hearing uh, what were some of those factors that you found that may be similar to um that creates this environment, this culture, this way of being that's allowing these students to excel. Um, Before we go there, I'd love to hear you share how you and your team, you know, how did you kind of go about uh, getting to know the stories of these impressive schools?
2: Thanks. Uh, So each year, the National Center for Urban School Transformation Uh, Incast seeks to identify, celebrate and study schools from across the nation where every racial ethnic income group of students achieves remarkable learning and social outcomes. We invite schools to apply for our America's Best Schools Award. And since 2005, we have identified and celebrated 171 different schools. These are schools in 25 different states in the District of Columbia. Now, I know this may sound like a lot of schools to some folks. However, this is very small, considering That there are approximately 97,000 public schools in our country, but we have these exemplars these existence proofs these 171 schools that are showing us that it can be done so. when we confirm that schools have strong data for every demographic group they serve, we send teams to visit those schools. And when we're there, we we interview students, uh, students from every demographic group. Uh, we interview the parents. We wanna know their perspective. We interview teachers and support staff and administrators. And then we spend a lot of time observing classrooms, looking to see how instruction happens. How are students engaging? What are they learning? How are they learning? We try to develop a deep understanding of the factors, that have influenced success and the factors that have influenced success for every demographic group they serve. So among these outstanding schools, we selected six to be the focus of When Black Students Excel.
1: Wonderful. I just love this whole concept of studying successes and um, and then diving into what has helped to create these successes. We're going to um, need to take a break, but on the other side of the break, I'm going to ask you just to share a little bit about why leadership or how leadership is important um, in this journey. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters.
0: Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service.
1: Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain.
0: You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters.
1: And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm uh, Cheryl White, for those of you who may be just joining us, the host um, today, and and uh, delighted to have Dr. Joseph Johnson, Jr., Executive Coach and Founding Director of the National Center for Urban School Transformation with us today. Uh, Dr. Johnson is also Emeritus Dean and Professor of uh, College of Education at San Diego State University and the author of several books, including the newly released When Black Students Excel." how schools can engage and empower Black students. Just delighted to be having this fabulous conversation about the intentionality of studying successes and how students of all demographics are exceeding in um, these um, are succeeding in these schools of excellence and how you've then narrowed your um, research down to six of these schools that were doing An extraordinary job with the black students and what that then means to us as leaders and what we can actually take from your study of these successes. Love to have you share more about that point with regards to how is leadership important? How was it important? What did you discover in your study about um, leadership in establishing schools where these Black students excelled.
2: Leadership is central. Every one of these amazing schools had leaders who passionately believed that Black students could and should and would excel. It wasn't just a philosophical belief. It was a driving commitment. They could not, would not be satisfied with low levels of academic success from Black students or any other racial ethnic group. So what we see happening in these schools is that leaders were were constantly bringing data to the table to highlight that, hey, We're not getting out. We're not an outstanding school yet because we don't have outstanding results for every group of students. And they were constantly highlighting opportunities to improve teaching and learning outcomes for their black students leaders in these schools were not afraid to talk about issues related to race. They felt that it was important to bring those issues to the table so that there would be honest, open dialogue about how they could generate better results for all demographic groups of students. They weren't willing to accept conventional excuses for poor results. Leaders assumed that they could help their schools establish practices, procedures, and programs that would lead their Black students to excel. And so in that regard, they listened. They listened to Black students. They reached out and they listened to the parents of black students. They engaged teachers and counselors and support staff and volunteers in developing new approaches that would result in better outcomes. And then,
0: Mm -hmm. but
2: but then also those Mm -hmm. leaders they supported everybody in implementing those approaches well. So the leaders had high expectations for everyone on the team, but they also had high expectations for themselves. They knew that they needed to be a part of the solution by helping ensure that all the teachers, all the counselors, all the support staff, knew how they could contribute, how they could help make a difference and make those plans successful. And so they were constantly monitoring improvements and eagerly, they were up there celebrating outcomes so that the entire school community could be excited about the growth that they were experiencing, educators, students, families came to see that this was a place where everyone was working together to make a powerful difference in the lives of all of the students. Mm
1: Wonderful. It takes me back to, you know, those early psychology studies that we learn about where they say our um, students and people in general will either rise or fall to our expectations. And it sounds like you have proven that uh, theory to certainly be um, part of the, uh, the, the uh, equation uh, for success, like what are the expectations? I love the the commonality that you um, underscore there with regards to the passion and the commitment um, to lifting all of the students, and not thinking that well, if some are succeeding, that's enough. Uh, it's not enough if it's some. It's it's uh, you know, let's really ensure that we have uh, everyone on that path to. Being, uh, successful and, and really establishing goals and, um, um, planning on how they can, you know, move toward those goals for greater success. How is teaching and learning different, uh, in these schools? And what is it about the teaching and the learning that helps to influence the success of Black students and all students?
2: So in these schools, first and foremost, educators assume that black students can learn the same rigorous academic standards that we want all children to learn. They assume that their students can learn the algebra, that their students can learn the chemistry, their students can, can learn the physics. If, if we as adults provide learning opportunities that will resonate with those students, where we make what may have seemed foreign to students, in fact, seem familiar but they also recognize that in order to ensure the success of black students, they need to consider how to best structure learning opportunities so that black students are gonna be more likely to succeed. One of the ways that I love to explain this, is uh, from a school that I studied many years ago. And it was a school that um, had been a low performing school, yet it improved dramatically over a six year period under the leadership of an amazing principal. And so when I sat down with that principal, I said, well, what's the bottom line here? Uh, You have the same population of students, the same economic struggles, um, so many of the same challenging issues, yet your students are performing so much better. What's the bottom line difference between the school six years ago and this school now. And the principal thought about it for a few minutes and then he said, well, you know, back then six years ago, we taught school like we were feeding the chickens. I said, excuse me? He said, well, you know about feeding chickens, don't you? And I said, well, uh, why don't you explain it to me? And he said, well, when you feed the chickens, you strap on your bag of feed, you go out into the yard, and you toss the feed onto the ground. And if the chickens eat it, well, great. But if they don't, well, you know, you did your job. You threw the feed out there. It was their job to eat it. He said, six years ago, that was the way we taught school. We strapped on our lesson plans. We went into our classrooms. We tossed out the information. If the students got it, fine. And if they didn't get it, fine. Our job was to toss it out there. It was their job to get it. He said, the fundamental difference between our school then and our school now is that we're not done until we have evidence that our students have learned what we have attempted to teach. We want to see not just that we tossed it out there, we want to see that our students have ingested this information. But even more so, we want to see that they have digested it. We want to see that these concepts, this information, these skills have have been integrated into their way of thinking so that they can use it. They can make sense of it. They see how it relates to them. That's what we see happening in these very successful schools. Teachers are coming together and they're thinking, okay, how can we teach this rigorous concept, but do it in a way that our students, our black students are going to say, oh, yes, this makes sense to me. I see how this relates to my life i see how it makes sense to me and when that is happening we can multiply the likelihood that black students will in fact succeed
1: And I know that it sounds um, very individualized and that probably much of what resonated with the students um, and maybe even the structures emerged maybe from the collaborative conversations. Does yeah. anything come to mind that you might think of? You know, one of the things that you said, um, we you, you noticed the clarity with regards to the positive assumptions, but also you noticed that there was this commitment to providing learning opportunities that resonated with the students. Anything that you might elaborate there or peel back there uh, with regards to how they could find the connection or what some of the connections were that resonated?
2: So um, an easy way for me to answer that is by thinking about uh, some of the more challenging literacy standards where we're not in schools today, we're not simply asking students to be able to decode and read the words within a story. We want to see that students are able to really think about what they have read to make inferences, to draw conclusions, to be able to utilize what they've read in some powerful ways and some challenging ways. And so in many Typical schools, schools will, educators will try to teach challenging literacy standards, and they do so with some conventional textbooks or conventional basal readers. And Black students sometimes do not perform very well. But, in contrast, in these very successful schools, we've seen teachers come together and to say, "Hey, you know, I believe that our black students can 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 do these uh, challenging uh, intellectual uh, thought processes and can, can demonstrate proficiency on these challenging literacy standards if we teach this in a way where we're using literature that they can relate to so 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 instead of using this old textbook that may look completely foreign to children in our neighborhood, Uh, let's utilize some literature where black students see characters that look like them, where black students see issues being discussed that they can relate to. And, And let's have our students read this information and then let's challenge them to make those inferences draw those conclusions sequence the events talk about implications and do all of these challenging uh thinking processes and they will succeed and so Mm. that's one practical example of how teachers have kept the standard high, but they've thought about how could they shape what they did as educators in a way that could increase the likelihood that black students would excel.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So love that example of how to make it resonate, how to make it relevant would um, be interested in hearing some examples with regards to how to best structure the learning opportunities. So, what might have fallen in that bucket around how best to structure? um, Some examples, but I see we need to take another break, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you, say, if you have some examples you might give our listening audience so they know what was in that bucket or what might be some ideas around how best to structure. And then also, would love to hear your thoughts on um, matters such as: Was it just about academics? Was it also about the culture and and the hows um, involved in that journey as well? So please stay with us, and we'll be right back with more on leadership matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
2: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters.
1: And we are back with more on Leadership Matters, having a wonderful conversation today with Dr. Joseph F. Johnson, Jr., Executive Coach and Founding Director of the National Center for Urban School Transformation. Dr. Johnson is also the Emeritus Dean and, as I say, also Emeritus Dean and a Professor the College of Education at San Diego State University, and the author of several books, including a newly released book on when Black students excel, how schools can engage and empower Black students. Dr. Johnson, I know the book before this book that came out, what was the title of that book, the book right before this that you've done?
2: So there was a book called Teaching Practices from America's Best Urban schools.
1: Yeah, that was a really good read as well and had a lot of practical application. So, uh, thank you for, um, for actually mentioning the title of that because I intended to write it down, but I did not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but definitely had some really good, um, helpful information in it as well. So, I think it's just been a fascinating and just invaluable contribution to our country. Uh, to all of us that you have are studying successes and how to then articulate that success in a way that it can be replicated so just kudos and thank you for this just real valuable uh, body of work that you and your team are doing thank you thank you so mm-hmm. much yeah before we went to break you hadn't mentioned um one of the elements that also led to the success of these schools where uh, students were excelling and where our black students particularly were also excelling was that um, the educators that got together and they really kind of thought about how best to structure learning opportunities. Can you say Mm -hmm. more about that point?
2: Sure. So, so often we find um, that we have structured schools in a way where um, some students that have had wonderful home experiences, they had uh, wonderful early experiences in life. They are ready to succeed. They are likely to succeed. In contrast, in contrast, things are structured where um, there are other students who may not have had some of those advantages are just in a sink or swim situation. So in these very successful schools, in in these schools where we see large percentages of black students excelling, we see that what they have done is very deliberately, they have structured learning opportunities so that it is much more likely that all students will excel. So to give you an example, there are many schools where we see uh, low percentages of black students reading with proficiency by the end of third grade. And and so in those schools, those students who are not strong readers by the end of third grade, they are in a very difficult place. And it's it's hard for those students to win in our educational system. So in these very successful schools, what we see is they have been very deliberate in how they have partnered with early childhood learning opportunities in a way where they've thought through okay if we're going to make it so that there is a high high likelihood that all of our students will excel in reading. What do we need to make happen for those students in preschool so that they are going to be ready for kindergarten and they're going to have a High likelihood of being right where they need to be at first grade, and a high likelihood of of, of really being successful in second grade, such that there is almost a hundred percent likelihood of them ending third grade on grade level or above in reading. So that's one example. Another example you can take to the high school level, where we know that if students enter into advanced placement courses, if if they uh, are taking advanced placement calculus, or 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 advanced placement physics, uh, they are not only going to have a high, high likelihood of graduating from high school, but they're also going to have a high likelihood of getting into and succeeding in college, right? So, But what happens is that at the end of 10th grade, you have counselors looking to see, well, which students are ready for those advanced placement classes. And and what happens in many places is that many black students are not they they have not been well prepared so that they really don't even have the option to participate in those advanced placement courses. But in these very high-performing schools, in the secondary schools, what we're seeing happening is educators are going back to ninth grade. And they're saying, okay, what would we need to have our ninth grade classes look like? What what needs to be taught in that ninth grade to make it such that practically every ninth grader will end the year on track to be able to take advanced placement classes in their junior and senior year? And in some of those schools, They don't even wait till ninth grade. They're going back to the middle school and they're starting early to think about, well, what needs to happen in middle school? And they're coordinating with those teachers so that there is a high likelihood that black students will excel. Success is not accidental we have the opportunity to structure success so that there will be a high likelihood that all of the students that we have the privilege to serve have the opportunity to achieve outstanding learning outcomes.
1: Wonderful. And as I Listened, and I hear this. I know that at our agency, we have certainly um, child development services and yeah. a plethora of other services. And many of our listeners in other um, areas have the uh, um, have the same. I can hear the um, and and it. I think takes us to kind of thinking about uh, as a leader. We can ask ourselves. Where have I set my expectations? Are my expectations high enough? And am I engaging and challenging others in ways that's relevant to those I'm endeavoring to serve or to be in service with? And am I as a leader structuring in success? Um, so, you know, I can hear and see, um, as we started out, out the, um, not only is this topic important with regards to our understanding how black students can excel and how we can engage and empower them for success I think these are principles as you're saying that one can use to really ensure as a leader are am I setting up the structures am I am I engaging in a way where I am factoring in um, success and um and in doing so, ensuring that we are stepping away from past failures, but really our eyes are set on the possibilities of what's next and how do we best help, um, others excel. I want to have us yeah. talk about, um, and as I'm just kind of saying, like, this is more than academics with regards to it can be applied from a school setting and any other, um, setting. But also, when you were looking at these schools and you were talking about, I know we've talked about mathematics, I know we've talked about um, reading, was it just about academics or what else was on the radar screen or came up on your radar screen regarding these successful schools?
2: Sure. So, probably more important than anything academic is the fact that in these very successful schools, black students told us that the adults in their school cared and cared deeply about them. The black students told us, these adults want us to succeed. The black students told us. The adults here believe in me. In a way that makes me believe in myself. One of the schools that we feature in the book. Is a school uh, called Young Men's Leadership Academy in Fort Worth, Texas. And when we were at that school, we had the opportunity to interview students. And one of the young men that we interviewed, uh, uh, a black student who was an 11th grader, we asked him, uh, well, why, why is it that so many of the black students there were succeeding and succeeding at such high levels. And he thought about it for a minute and he said, well, here at our school, we have a dream team of teachers. Now, let me pause just to say Okay, so how many 11th grade boys are going to refer to their teachers as the dream team? Right? Not many. So, but this 11th grade boy said, We have a dream team of teachers. And he said, they're a dream team because they make our dreams come true.
1: Oh, my gosh. How powerful is that? Yeah. Very, very powerful. I know we are about to close. Might have to have you come back and continue. But love to have you say something about the culture real quick. What did yeah. you find that matters and there?
2: And so that that culture of uh, taking the time. To get to know students, taking the time to get to know families, uh, creating uh, a sense that this is not just about the delivery of academics you know opening up the can and pouring some information into a child's brain this is about people's lives and and it's about caring in a way that makes students know that they are valuable that they are important that They are people who are going to make the world a better place. When when we create that kind of culture, then we have the opportunity to really accelerate the extent to which the dreams of our students become possible.
1: And that's what we
2: see in these schools. Mm
1: -hmm. So, uh, Dr. Johnson, if others want to get in touch with you, how might they do so? And how might they find a copy of your book?
2: So, um, our center's website is www.incust.com. And so, that's a great way to learn more about the center. Uh, the book uh, and and other uh, information about the work that we do. Also, um, my email address is j johnson at s d s u uh, dot e d u, and information about the book is available on the website, uh, but. It's also something that you can easily acquire through Amazon and just um, enter the name of the book, When Black Students Excel, and and you can find it there.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for um, being with us today. I totally appreciate this conversation. Totally excited that you're my brother <laughs> and I get the opportunity to engage with you, you know, regularly, but it's just wonderful to see you and, and talk to you about this body of work and um, just kudos to you and uh, thank you to you and your team for this uh, very important Um, studying that you do with regards to researching the successes so that they can be replicated in other schools across the nation and world. And thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. Join us every Wednesday or at your convenience, uh, download our podcast, um, Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions.
0: Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.